Hello and welcome to another episode of Two Guys in a Chainsaw. I'm Todd. And I'm Craig. Well, Craig, we come to week four, the last week of our Halloween extravaganza 2021. <laughs> Woohoo! Woo-hoo. <laughs> I mean, Halloween's technically on Sunday, but you know, we can't release like another podcast after that and claim it's Halloween, yeah. right? We got to jump straight into November and our month of Thanksgiving. Uh, for <laughs> <film> podcast, <laughs> right? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. If we can find one, we'll be lucky. <laughs> right. I wouldn't mind going back to um, Blood Rage, actually, again. Oh, my God. Get over Blood Rage already. <laughs> it is. It, it has become one of those movies that we discovered through this that has just stuck with me, and I love it to death. I, I know. You talk about it every day. <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. And, <laughs> and why wouldn't I? Because that movie's awesome. It's not just cranberry sauce, baby. (laughs) (laughs) This movie uh, that we're doing is called Primal Rage from 1988, just by pure coincidence. This happened to be on our list for a while, and it keeps popping up in lists. And uh, So I've been looking for an excuse to do it. It also happened to be requested by loyal listener Jason. So thank you, Jason, for this request. And it being kind of technically a Halloween film, and that it does take place on Halloween, it totally qualifies. I was also just in the mood to watch a goofy 80s horror movie. You. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Go figure. Go figure, right? (laughs) I mean, honestly, and this is just pure selfishness on my part, and I know yours as well. When I watch anything from the 80s around Halloween time, it brings back the Halloween of my childhood, which was in the 80s. So it really doesn't even need to be a Halloween movie. It just needs to be a goofy 80s horror movie to bring back those memories of those movies I would watch when I was a kid around this time. So I'm just going to lay it all out there right now. I am so happy we watched this. (laughs) (laughs) I loved this movie to pieces. Pretty much purely for nostalgia reasons. I'd never seen it before. No. And I can't figure out why. In fact, I kind of can't figure out why this movie isn't better known. Because it is a quintessential, not just 80s horror movie, like 80s high school, except in this case college movie, period. It hits all of the notes. It's got everything in it, like big catchy theme song, mm. big party at the end, a bunch of bullies, a nice girl teaming up with a bad girl, a hot-looking guy who just kind of can't do anything wrong and gets to the bottom of the whole mystery. And I mean, it's just, he's got a goofy friend. I mean, my word. Yeah. What movie have we seen recently that was as 80s as this one? I don't know. (laughs) I know. You can't come up with it. You cannot come up with an answer because the answer is none. Yeah. God, are you tired or are you not going to be as excited about this as I am? I don't know. (laughs) Um, Both? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I... Uh, I I totally get where you're coming from, and I will admit that when it got to the end with the big Halloween party, that was totally, uh, I, I, I was excited about that because the Halloween yeah. party is really cool and it's full of like super cool costumes and unusual. Like we just did monster club yeah. that had a big, ha- well, I mean, it was the monster club, but basically it was a big <laughs> Halloween party and it was people in a bunch of cheap masks. And this Halloween party at the end, you've got 
some rel- some a few traditional type costumes, but then there's some really cool out there yeah. stuff going on too. Okay, so that Halloween party was really cool. Everything else that you said is absolutely true. It's it's got all of your formulaic pieces. The the story is silly, but yeah. that's okay. That's fine. And, and and really not like I don't know, we've seen stuff like this. It's 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 an infection type movie. It's a kind of no, it's not really zombie. I mean, no, it's more along the lines of, I guess, um, it, it, not at all as serious, but more along the lines of like 28 Days Later, where it's like a rage virus that uh, yeah. these people are getting. Well, sometimes it's a rage virus. Sometimes it seems to be more like a maniacally stalking virus. It's weird. <laughs> it's we- it's weird. Be- it's weird. And it's inconsistent. Like, that was... Yes, that's the problem. That was weird to me. But whatever. I mean, yeah, there were definitely the fun parts. And you're right, good-looking people. You said something about the group of bullies. Uh, The group of bullies were super stereotypical. Like, crazy stereotypical. Which was funny until... The gang rape stuff, yeah. and then that wasn't so funny, and I was like, what? <laughs> that came completely out of left field. It changed the tone of the movie entirely for like uh, five minutes. Uh-huh. I could not believe what was going on. Uh-huh, there. that, that uh, part. Not just because of the subject matter, but because it seems like these guys, like, have done this before. Oh, like, like dozens of times, right. And Ugh. and it was true. Uh, it feels like it was treated kind of lightly, and I was like, oh my god, yes. this is horrible. But anyway, well, we get ahead of ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll get there, and we'll <laughs> sit here, mouse agape at it one more time uh-huh. <laughs> before we're done. But the movie is like, it, I can't believe that Umberto Lenzi was involved in this film. I know, I knew. As soon as I pulled, as soon as I pulled up the imdb page i'm like here we go another 80s movie written and directed by some italian guys like of course yeah it was todd's turn to pick so we're gonna get some italian people of course (laughs) they make the best stuff i you know how much i love that and then he he was also involved in a movie after this called nightmare beach which used a lot of the same actors and i guess a lot of the same crew which he actually directed this one was not directed by him is directed by another italian dude all right but you all never right, wait, I, I hesitate to ask but remind me why i know umberto Lindsay. cannibal ferro okay oh that was horrible ferox or whatever yeah that really trashy movie that we saw but he's done better stuff this is clearly better stuff i mean again he did not direct this but he was heavily involved in fact yeah, he wrote it it sounds like he was kind of on set all the time as an advisor, right? Yeah. There was some reason why he didn't want to direct it or couldn't direct it, but that was about it. But but my God, it starts out with this awesome theme song. Which I thought was kind of catchy, actually, even though it sounds like every other 80s hairband song. Exactly. Well, not hairband, 80s pop song, right? right? And then the most active park I've ever seen in my life. 
it's almost as active as The Woods from Don't Go Into The Woods. Remember that movie? <laughs> I do. Like, every it's, character, <laughs> there's a dude playing trombone. It's a college campus, right? Like... I guess he's, it's like the quad of a college campus or something. But you're right. There's oh, okay. It's 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 fantastically 80s. You know, with like a, a large group of women doing gymnastics, like aerobics. Aerobics, yeah, aerobics, <laughs> like in their uh, leotards and spandex and. Um, the, our main guy, whose name ends up being Sam Nash, is riding around on a yes. moped, like taking yes. pictures with his no, like everything, <laughs> his Nikon or whatever, like like he has not a care in the world, and everything in there is interesting. It, it looks was like so a great. commercial. Yes, it looks like an '80s commercial. Like you expect at the end for him to like hold up a glass of orange juice or something. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Tang. <laughs> yes, gives me the power to go take pictures of everything all day long it does it i i will say that it it completely establishes the 80s feel of the movie and i did like i smiled i was okay <laughs> i see what we're getting into right come on yeah. oh you you know you love me for it <laughs> okay <laughs> i just so sam's going around on his moped and uh taking pictures of everything under the sun which it lets this theme song play i think in its entirety under the credits not the last time theme song for this movie plays nor is it the last time the theme song for this movie plays in its entirety <laughs> during the movie but there's a girl and her name is lauren and her her car is getting towed for reasons unknown because she runs out and is like oh you can't take my car i'm late for class and the guy's like eh, whatever whatever and then sam sees this happening and runs up and takes some pictures and is like can't you just let it down for her piss off listen numb nuts this car is not ticketed in case you didn't know it's illegal to tow an unticketed car in the state so i guess if it's not sitting on off-road wheels in about 10 seconds you're looking at grand theft auto and tomorrow's cover story. So, so smile. Have a nice day. And here we have the power of the journalistic photographer. Yes. In full on full display. I get irritated at some of the most ridiculous things. Like, so she's getting towed and she runs out and she's like, but I was only parked here a minute. She is illegally t- parked right in front of the library. The reason mm. that he gets her out of it is because he's like, the car isn't ticketed. I get irrationally irritated by people who say, I was only parked here a minute. It doesn't matter. You can't park there at all. You're not. You weren't supposed to park there at all. <laughs> but that's a pet peeve of mine. Whatever. He gets her out of it, and in such a smart ass way. Like he's such a smart ass about it. Yes, he is a smart ass. But he's supposed to be her knight in shining armor. Like somebody literally refers to him as that later. But he goes, okay, so apparently he's a journalist for this college paper or whatever, and he goes back to their newsroom or something, and there's this group (laughs) of co-eds that are demanding to see this guy named Duffy, and they're super mad. But they, he's not there, so they leave, and it turns out Duffy's really just hiding under his desk. And Duffy is kind of the goofy friend, but not so much. He's more kind of like the smokes a lot of cigarettes, has an earring, kind of long hair. <laughs> like, I don't know. Chip on his shoulder. Yeah, chip on his... Sh- right, kind of right. 
So he's not really dumb. No. He's just... Uh, Actually, I liked him. I liked his character. I thought he was one of the more interesting. Well, he seems like somebody that I would have been friends with, but he's so cynical. Like, I feel like I could only take him so much. Yeah. And and the, the reason those co-eds are mad at him is because apparently he wrote this expose about how this group of girls were basically prostituted out to recruit athletes, which, if that's a true story, <laughs> is an excellent story that a journalist should write, but... I don't, I assume it's true. I don't know. Like, Duffy is the one who is all about getting the big story no matter what. Like, you know, whatever, whatever it takes, whatever you have to do, get the big story. That's, uh, the journalist's job. But also, like, stretching the truth a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he doesn't. Sensational. Absolutely. But he, um, has heard that there are these scientists experimenting on baboons or something and he wants sam to look into it but sam is hesitant well then we see the scene of the scientists experimenting on this baboon which i i thought that this i liked this scene i like these kind of movies i i've seen movies like yeah. this before there's monkey shines i can't believe we haven't mm-hmm. done monkey shines that's like a you're right cult classic movie yeah but there have been others too where you know project anim- x yes animal experimentation gone, gone wrong. wrong gone awry <laughs> you know and yeah. they have great intentions they're trying to regenerate um brain cells you know i'm sure if this were actual research that could have all kinds of applications for people with dementia and you know brain uh, damage, all kinds of things. So, great intentions. But we see it, and, like, they've got a baboon dummy yeah, that moves clearly. a little bit. But it actually, I, it was, it wasn't you know, bad. for an 80s movie, no, I thought it was actually pretty good. Yeah. But they're injecting it with something and monitoring its brain. Very soon after they inject it with this stuff, it starts to freak out and, like, the machines and computers that are monitoring its brain starts uh, to freak out, too. And there's, I guess there's an investor there who, when he sees this going wrong, threatens to pull their funding. And Dr. Etheridge is the main doctor on the experiment. Mm. He begs, and the scientist gives him 60 days. Dr. Etheridge, I would also say, may be one of the best actors in the movie. Not that, you know, it's not just a hammy role, but uh, he is also one of the most decorated actors on the movie. Bo Svensson, originally from Sweden, but has been working in Hollywood since like the late 60s and has been in big movies like The Great Waldo Pepper with, with Robert Redford. He was in the original Inglorious Bastards and then brought back by Quentin Tarantino to play huh. a role in his version. He was in Kill Bill, Volume 2. He's been all over television and movies. I didn't know that. Always playing like a uh, kind of tough guy type commandos and soldiers and stuff like that. And and uh, I thought this doctor was interesting. He had that little ponytail in the back that was a little distracting, <laughs> <Yeah>. but <laughs> I wasn't sure what that was all about. But yeah, it was it was interesting. Uh, I thought I kind of liked his character actually, even though it turns out to be really silly. Yeah, I mean, he's I don't know. He he's he doesn't have a whole obsessed. lot to do. Yeah, I mean, he is obsessed, which is fine. You know, it's it's his work. Mm-hmm. He wants to protect it, keep and, the money, and protect. Well, it. Well, yeah. sure. And, and again, 
it, it appears that their intentions are good. So, yeah. I don't know. He doesn't really come across as a bad guy. Now, later in the movie, he goes to desperate measures to try to further his work and protect his work, which is questionable, but whatever. Yeah. And, and we're still in the process of meeting people. Next, we meet Debbie. L- Debbie is Lauren's new roommate. <laughs> Lauren is surprised that she shows up. Both of these girls are... Very beautiful girls. Uh, Debbie yeah. has really striking blue eyes so she, and dark hair, so she stood out to me. Days of Our Lives. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for you to say that. <laughs> I don't remember. You need to make a, a but, chart. Uh, some I kind did of flow chart. <laughs> well, not just Days of Our Lives, like uh, Bold and the Beautiful, too, I think, right? Oh, Sunset yeah, Beach. probably. Yeah, they... Uh, those those soap folks hop all over the place and good for them but she's uh the new roommate and like she's just appeared late in the semester or something and they have this conversation lauren's like were you sick and she's like no i had an abortion lauren looks kind of aghast and (laughs) debbie's like oh i'm sorry to surprise you or shock you or something and like lauren's oh i just am not used to people admitting things like that and that's it like it's never referenced again like it was such a strange piece of dialogue now like yeah that's fine like i okay debbie good for you for taking care of yourself and making your own choices about your body that's great but it's completely inconsequential to the plot like i just expected that it might come up again or something but it doesn't. It's just random. Well, looking at the time period, I think it was a bit of character building. Like, I think at first, although this idea seems to be dropped a little bit later on, I think at first they're almost trying to set her up as a somewhat of a bad girl. Ooh, she got pregnant, and then she had an abortion, which was way more like of a controversial, taboo thing then than it you know really is now. I think, and uh, some girls in one of the class, you know, they have a classroom scene with a professor up there, and she walks in and sits down, and these girls are like chattering about her and basically calling her a slut or something, uh-huh. or saying she's so trashy. Which I'm not sure why they must know something about her that we don't, you know, because she looks just fine. And the same girls that are calling her a skank or whatever are blatantly <laughs> flirting with the disgusting professor. Like <laughs> the bald, he's overweight, ugly, teeth. he's gross, nasty, right. also a terrible actor. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. See, and I thought that they were trying. I think still with the whole abortion thing, they were trying to set her up as a strong, independent woman mm. because then also in this scene this classroom scene she's the only one that can provide the answer and then we also find out that her major is like nuclear physics or something like that like, yeah. so uh-huh. she's supposed to be super smart well she even says it outright i have an iq of 185 yeah. or something like that <laughs> what a dumb line <laughs> how do you know all that stuff my iq is 184 oh god you don't look I'm sorry. It's all right. No, maybe you just studied. Like, (laughs) yeah, but she and Lauren, I guess that, you know, Lauren and her getting close. And, uh, and then we meet Sam and Duffy again in the bar. This is so cool too, right? It's actually, I think that this movie was filmed in Florida at Florida State or North Florida, some kind of university actually on campus. This bar though, where they were, 
I guess it's a bit of a dated bar. You probably saw this as, you know, this college bar everywhere. But it reminded me of what bars like in the 80s and 70s were like, like in the Midwest. Yeah. These kind of dark, everybody goes there, lots of wood paneling, mirrors, posters, and things. You know what I mean? Yeah. The neon signs. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of gave me, you know, good feelings as well. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it seemed very much like a college hangout bar um Mm -hmm. very very casual and laid back but and again i did like duffy i like cynical people i'm a cynical person Mm. Uh, so i i did like him but he drugs a guy like there's just this annoying guy (laughs) sitting next to them and because he's annoying duffy drugs him and i was like what like okay first of all not cool don't drug people secondly why did you have those drugs in your coat pocket? To, Ready like, to drug anyone who annoyed you. <laughs> and it's, right. And like, I don't know. It didn't, it wasn't like he roofied him. Like the guy didn't pass out. It was like he had like Ipecac or something, something yeah. that made him sick. Nauseous. Yeah. And, and again, it like, it had nothing to do with anything. It was just a bit. And it was weird. Well, it, it feels like something you'd seen in a John Hughes movie, you know? I mean, they don't play as well today as they used to. Mm-hmm. But you always saw these characters doing these wacky things just offhandedly, like this is just another day for them, you know, which then appalls us and appalls all the people all around them. And and I thought one thing that was kind of interesting about this movie is they they were always sprinkling this kind of stuff in there, right? There was always a little bit of humor dropped in, even in some of the more intense scenes towards the end. The movie never really lost its light tone, almost to a jarring degree, because there's some serious violence that gets going on um, by the end of it. But still, there are these kind of like sight gags and kind of wacky jokes and things in the background and stuff kind of thrown in offhandedly that I thought was I, I liked it actually but it's still it's so weird you know I mean nobody makes movies like this anymore yeah you know? see and I found that to be uneven like I just didn't get it I, I didn't when it was you're right you're right it was a different time and I think that I would have reacted to it differently in the 80s but drugging people isn't funny and then right there are other things Gosh, and now hearing myself say that out loud, I'm like, oh my god, quit being such a baby! Like it's just a movie. Like, <laughs> right. I, I I get it. It's just We're a old movie. Men now. But uh, <laughs> I don't. I know we are. We are old men now. Yeah. But god. there are other things too that. I feel like we're played a little bit for the humor that I just didn't really think was funny, and it, I don't know. Maybe it's dark yeah. humor, and that's that's okay. You know, that's fine. Again, mm. it is just a movie. Whatever. Yeah. Duffy wants to break into the lab, so he does. He borrows Sam's uh, camera, and he breaks into the lab, and he's taking pictures, and he sees the baboon in a cage. Now, he had mentioned that he was going to release the monkey's yeah. After that, he got all of his evidence or whatever, but he doesn't even have to because he, when he takes pictures of the baboon, the camera flash irritates it. And this scene actually kind of literally scared me because I was concerned for that actor's safety. Whatever primate it was, now we're talking about a real animal now, mm. whatever primate it was. I don't know if it was a baboon or if it was some other primate that they put a big red diaper on. I don't know. 
but it was real and it clearly was agitated. Yeah. And I, I was a little nervous, but it, it, it does. It, he doesn't have to release it. It breaks out of its cage. It's in like a freaking dog cage. Like it's ridiculous. Yeah. It, it could have eased, like just want, you know, the regular dog kennel that you just lift the latch and pull it. Like a primate would figure that out anyway. But it breaks out and it bites him and it escapes. And I actually thought that the filmmakers did a pretty good job here of mixing the real animal footage with the dummy. Now, the, yeah. the, the dummy didn't look exactly like the real animal, but it was fairly seamless. Yeah. In that you see, you see the baboon running campus and through the streets and you see a car approaching and you see the real animal like in the headlights but then you just see a split second before it gets hit where it is the dummy and the dummy's like reaching up like it's going to attack the car or whatever (laughs) it gets hit and it kind of explodes but yeah uh, the whole sequence i thought actually was really well executed yeah it was it looked good it was i mean it could have looked worse it could have looked really fake and you're right i mean you knew it was fake you could kind of tell moments where it was fake like you're saying but actually it was it was it was done very well i I really like the music here this kind of reminds you it's just like an argento movie where suddenly there's this intense scene and out of nowhere this almost hard rock guitar starts style like Oblin did it you know they uh-huh. didn't but oh that always makes me feel good too I love that stuff yeah it was good it was a good scene the monkey puppet gets hit by the police uh and so uh you know they and all kind dead. of stand around and is dead and every time the police are involved somehow the doctor shows up as well which yes every great. time he's always there i kept waiting for the one thing that we almost never saw which was i was waiting for the cop to show up right all right, there's been too many murders. Let's get to the bottom of this and start interviewing everybody. And that that really didn't happen, and I was kind of mm-hmm. shocked. That was really the only part of the formula missing from this movie. That and actual nudity. Yes. Well, and th- it, this scene also surprised me because I expected the monkey to be a persistent threat. Yeah. I didn't expect the monkey to be taken out of the equation so soon. Now, it makes sense because Duffy is now infected, apparently being bit or scratched by something or someone that is infected with rage. (laughs) Primal rage. Primal rage. (laughs) Then you're infected too. But, you know, it's funny. It took a long time for that to become consequential. It's slow. We still have a lot more of this kind of like getting to know people Uh and kind of plot building. before exposition. This is where we meet who I lovingly in my notes refer to consistently as the douchebags. There's just this group of three douchebags that they have a leader. The leader's name is Lovejoy, Um, (laughs) but they're always together. They're just douchebags. Like they're always just aggressively and in the most disgusting ways like hitting on women and i i just have in my uh my notes in quotes 
um, prime freshman titties. Like, yes, <laughs> these are the kinds of things that they say. Hey, bud, what's shaking? A new crop of prime freshman titties. We need some fresh party meat. <laughs> There's two candidates. They're so stereotypical. I loved it. Yeah, I mean, I like... I don't love it. I just love this in movies. (laughs) Right, exactly. I like the stereotypical nature, but they're so They're so over the top. I suppose they're supposed to be. So, fine. Whatever. Like, uh, (laughs) they harass... The, our two main girls, Lauren and Deb, and once again, Sam, you know, intervenes and is like their knight in shine, shining armor. And then or I love that bit when he comes in and he's like, I see you've met Lovejoy, one of our legendary lovers. Take a hike, Nash. Has he asked you if you wear panties yet? Stay out of my face, punk. <laughs> yeah. The, uh-huh. the dialogue was so nuts. So stereotypical, but so funny and fun because of it. I wrote well, you wrote these guys down as the douchebags. I wrote them down as Cobra Kai. That's why I thought they oh, were yeah. precisely those guys, yeah. right? Oh, absolutely. And then, <laughs> I mean, again, jumping the gun, but at the end for the Halloween party, they dress in skeleton outfits. Yes, total even, ripoff. Even better than the skeleton outfits. Oh yeah, uh, from Cobra Kai because they've got cool light up eyes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, oh, I, I totally thought of that too they they are they're they're just jerks now to be fair to a movie that i love the guys in cobra kai weren't evil they were just misled misled and misunderstood as we learn later exactly decades later (laughs) (laughs) but now duffy is getting sick just you know slowly not Super sick at first, just under the weather. Yeah. But we see the bite on his arm is painful and clearly infected. I, like, I uh, also love all of the wounds on these people look like things that are life-threatening. And they just, like, are covering it with the shirt every now and then going, oh, oh, and kind of touching it. And go, what is that? Oh, nothing, nothing, just like a scratch I got. Like, no, this is, like, disgusting. Your muscle is showing through here. There's pus coming out of it. It's, it's, it's pulsing. <laughs> all of these people are just writing off these nastiest-looking wounds. Uh, in the world, which is also pretty stereotypically funny. True. And and what does he do? Like he's going through his house and he opens up a medicine cabinet to find medicine and just pours a can of old beer in there on it. That yeah. Is so weird. like he's looking for disinfectant. I think he's looking for disinfectant, uh, but he can't find any. And there's alcohol and beer, <laughs> but it it hurts like crazy or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's silly, but fine, whatever. Etheridge, the scientist, sees Duffy on the surveillance camera, so they know it's him. Sam and Duffy go on a double date. Uh, Sam with Lauren, Duffy with Debbie, which, I don't know, I mean, kind of comes out of nowhere, but it's college. (laughs) Mm, Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) (laughs) Sam and Duffy go to the bathroom together, which I thought only girls did. I I don't know typically take a friend never done this nor no do i pretend that i'm gonna pee on him that it was all a little (laughs) right it's like swing your dick around like just testing your reflexes oh god 
it makes me uncomfortable to talk to other guys at the urinal. Yeah. Like, I will, but like face forward. Like, if yeah. a guy talks to no me at the urinal, contact. like, all right, I will talk to you, but no eye contact. Like, look at the wall. This is the code. <laughs> this is the code. This is how we are. <laughs> to anybody out there who's never been in a men's bathroom, we're going to tell you they're not portrayed accurately in the movies. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Oh, oh boy! Um, oh, so while they're in the bathroom, uh, the jerk Lovejoy comes over and is harassing the girls and just says horrible, sexist yeah. things to them. Like Deb's like, "Get lost!" and he's like, "Why don't I lose my face in your boobs?" Like, <laughs> 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 this is why I'm going to watch this I movie again that. over and over. I, I oh, just it's so, it, it's so silly. It was just. It was just charming. I, I loved the. How, this is these guys, right? It's these these guys in these movies. Somebody does some minor slight to them, and suddenly the rest of their life is devoted to murdering this person. You know what I mean? And that's the situation. Yeah. Sam embarrasses him in front of these girls, and so now he and his goons are going to take revenge against them. Right? You know, it's it's so right. it's so dumb. Well, the thing is, like in most of these movies, the bullies are so easy to laugh at and these guys are just so mean-spirited yeah, like even early that's even true. early on they're so mean-spirited it's hard to even laugh it's just like they just are such jerks um, well, it only gets worse it does only get worse i guess the two couples separate after their group date lauren throws herself <laughs> at sam in his room which is fine again ladies Get yours. Yeah. I'm not judging, but whatever. And then Deb and Duffy have, you know, like a sweet conversation about how they both have bad pasts or whatever. And the thing that bothered me, first of all, Duffy chain smokes. Mm. Again, not judging. I'm a smoker. I'm not proud of it, but it's gross. But beyond that, I mean, that's that's gross enough. But he's obvious, like he's clearly sick. Yeah. Like he says stuff about not feeling well. And she talks like she's like oh my god you're really sweaty and he is like yeah he's clearly ill and she makes out with him anyway gross <laughs> that's disgusting first of all his mouth is gonna taste like an ashtray secondly he is clearly sick yeah. and while they're making out he bites her neck and she pushes him off and she's like too aggressive too aggressive and then he's like oh sorry and he goes to light another cigarette and she grabs him and starts kissing him again like this is such a weird scenario mm. there's so many reasons she shouldn't be kissing him yeah including the fact that he got super aggressive with her within 10 seconds but i guess she's into that which okay whatever. that's why i thought they were kind of this is where you know again i think they were trying to push her as a little bit of a, a lives on the edge girl even though she's super smart i kind of liked that aspect of her character because it was a little new you know it wasn't just the this is the slut this is a smart girl you know this is the girl who's uh yeah maybe got a little bit of a of a of an edgy past but is also super smart is attracted to this guy 
because he's yeah he's he's kind of like her in his own way like he's clearly pretty smart but like you said he's got a bit of an edge to him and just super cynical to be annoying you know nobody wants to be around somebody true he is right he is super cynical but i mean she to be fair he's an attractive man yeah I, i found him attractive he's got kind of the gruff you know look going on or whatever and when they're talking he's nice and she even says something you know she's like you know beneath this rough cynical exterior you're actually a really nice guy and he's like oh we'll ask all the people i've written exposés about but it's a silly scene but you i i saw it like yeah i mean he does seem like a nice guy yeah it's not that i found it unrealistic that she would be attracted to him i just thought it was gross that she would kiss him when he was clearly sick yeah right true uh, the, the next day, he goes to the doctor, and his wound is disgusting at this point, and for really no reason other than everybody gets annoyed waiting in the emergency room. He freaks out, and he attacks the other patients and orderlies and nurses and things, and, like, destroys the waiting room. <laughs> And then he runs around town destroying things, shrieking like a baboon. And then falls down and, like, his eye explodes. Or it's like uh, the corner of his eye. Was it, is it supposed to be the vein? But I don't know, but I thought he died. I guess. Like, blood, like, shoots, like, like shoots like a water gun out of yeah. the side of his eye. And he falls down. And he collapses. Yeah. I assumed he was dead, too. Yeah. And Sam hears from his news office that something has happened so he goes to the hospital again etheridge is there because he's always there then we find out that the douchebags are planning revenge on duffy we see deb she's sick now duffy again is just running around screeching and like attacking cars with street signs and things and he's he's all gross now like as they get sicker they it's not zombie like they just look like they have a terrible yeah some kind of terrible infection everywhere yeah they're pussy and scabby and gross he kills a cop Mm -hmm. in a lecture hall but in the meantime sam is looking for him you know word hasn't gotten around who this guy is but just sam hasn't seen duffy so he goes to his house and he can't find him and then he goes and he actually goes through the trouble of developing duff developing duffy's photos which i thought was cute right but at the same time, Debbie is looking like hell. Basically exactly the same. Right. And Sam develops some of Duffy's photos, prints basically, and uh, one of them is of a baboon in a cage. And so I'm not sure what this means to him because he knew that Duffy went there. No, he knew that he was planning on going there. But when they found out that the monkey had escaped, Duffy said, I wasn't there. Like he's adamant. Oh, I wasn't oh there. okay. So he finds out he was there. This is confirmation, right? Confirmation that he was there. So he confronts Etheridge, the scientist, with the picture. And now he's finally willing to talk. Right. That's the only way he can get him to talk. Meanwhile, Deb, I don't know where she's going, but she's walking around by herself at night on campus, which is inadvisable. Um, young ladies out there. Yeah. The douchebags come upon her and hassle her. And... I just didn't know. This is so weird. Like, I I just expected them to give her a hard time. Yeah. But in fact, in fact, they abduct her. She's clearly sick. She's sweating and shaking and gross looking. She says she's sick. She says, leave me alone. I'm sick. 
and she's just yeah she looks disgusting but they put her in the car they force her to drink um like you know they pour beer down her throat basically they take her back to their dorm or their frat house or whatever it is and like we said before they (laughs) casually discuss now i say discuss this is all in very fast and in the heat of the moment but they casually discuss the fact that they're going to gang rape her and like one of them is like i want to go first and the other one's like you always go first and then one of them's like let's all stick her at the same time like a porcupine (sighs) oh yeah this was oh so gross horrible (laughs) and they get undressed and she's on the bed and they're putting on masks and that pulling out they put on masks one of them puts on a thing on his finger, which I've, I think I've seen in other horror movies, but I, I think it is like a BDSM thing where like, you know, you cut people and, and make them bleed and, ugh, ugh. It's so gross. Like it's just the whole concept of it. N- not only the horrifying notion of what could happen here, but the fact that they have done it many times yeah like they are accustomed to this now fortunately she has primal rage (laughs) so she's able to fight them off and she scratches them horribly and bites several of them and and she gets away i think she gets them all somehow so well she injures i again i don't know the logistics of it but she at at least she at least deeply scratches or bites all of them Mm -hmm. and then it cuts to a scene where that gross disgusting skeezy professor is seducing a girl who needs a better grade and such a stupid trope but we see it all over the place and they hear something outside the car and the professor goes out to investigate it doesn't find anything comes back and the girl's been strangled and then duffy rips his face off yeah (laughs) (laughs) i was a little disappointed in i mean some of the makeup was good or serviceable and then other times it just looked like they were smearing blood around you know it was kind of inconsistent as to the quality of of the, you know, the makeup and and the the, spe- the the practical effects with the kills, I thought, you know, I don't know. I actually thought it looked. Pretty you think good. it looked pretty good? Even the e- yeah, even the face ripping off, I thought looked pretty good. I mean, there was there was texture to it, and um, in the end, you know, when we, s- I say the aftermath. I mean, it all just happens in a in seconds, um, but you see his teeth and like no lips yeah that's uh, true that's true i i thought it looked pretty good and it and it is i don't know it's funny because if somebody asked me to describe this movie the first word I, like gory wouldn't be one of the first things that i said no. but really there is a fair amount of gore it really is here. yeah um, and uh quite a bit of violence a lot of violence, actually. But uh, the the cops come looking for Duffy. Deb, sick, disgusting Deb, asks for Lauren's help. Um, Sam, uh, eventually, Sam has already been to Duffy's house at least once, but then Duffy finally comes home, and apparently Sam is waiting for him there. And um, Sam offers to help, but Duffy attacks him. And Sam is able to, I'm your friend, I want to help you. And so Duffy pulls a gun out of his waistband and hands it to Sam and says, Kills, says, kill me. 
Mm-hmm. And Sam doesn't want to, but Duffy attacks him again, so he does. He shoots him. Yeah. And he calls Etheridge, because Etheridge knows that Duffy is infected at this point, and he wants to get a hold of him so he can test him or whatever. So Sam calls Etheridge and says, he's dead. And Etheridge says, well, I need to do an autopsy. And Sam's like, you can't. Well, it turns out that Sam staged a fire at Duffy's house, I guess, to protect him. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Well, just before this, Lauren came home looking for Debbie and couldn't find her. And it was right at this moment as she's walking through the house that I was actually thinking in my head, man, we haven't had a shower scene in this movie yet. Right. And then she does. She walks into the bathroom and kind of forgets about looking for Debbie and decides it's time to take a shower. But no nudity. It's all just kind of shoulder up stuff. And it's I know. I thought it was funny because the camera was a little bit wide, like maybe to the top of her chest. Mm-hmm. And then when she went to take off her towel or whatever she was wearing, it tightened yes. in on her face. <laughs> <laughs> it's like And I was like, Oh, we're not gonna see anything. No, this this actress <laughs> had this in her contract. <laughs> right. No nudity for me. And so I mean, I mean, it's so silly. She gets in the shower, and then we get the classic uh, hands, uh, you know, point of view of somebody coming towards the shower, and oh no, what's going to happen? Uh, random shots of her scrubbing her legs or whatnot. But again, nothing beyond that. But it's it's Debbie, and Debbie mm-hmm. just opens the curtain and scares her. But then she's like, "I'm really in trouble. I need help. I'm really, really sick." Uh, and so I think this is how they all kind of link up, right? Is that uh, Lauren takes Debbie over to see Sam, which at the same time, Sam's got the doctor and, and uh, everybody there as well, right? And they're looking over. Basically. Yeah. And they leave her. I, they, they leave her there. Now, I don't remember why. Like, yeah. they leave her there. And then Etheridge runs tests well, on her. Well, Debbie attacks and, and he, Sam and Lauren. Yes, right. And then they they knock her out or something, and he calls the doctor. And, of course, the doctor shows up and is like, man, she's really in bad shape. We need to get her to my lab. I'm thinking, no, take her to a hospital, people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but he supposedly also has a cure, right, sitting in the fridge. Wasn't that what it was? Right. Which also never came into play. Yeah. I will see, and I don't know if he really had anything or if they just thought that he would. Like, well, he must know what's going on. Like, I no, don't he know. he referenced one, didn't he? Didn't Does he? didn't he point to earlier in the movie when Sam when he finally had that talk with Sam and he's showing him his lab and stuff? Doesn't he open up the fridge and point to a vial in there and say, I "Yeah, if they ever that. are lucky enough to find your friend alive, we can use this on him." But I haven't tested it. Blah 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 blah. I thought there would be a thing Maybe. at the end where you know, at the very end, one of them was going to need a cure. You know, that's how we're going to save Lauren or. Deb or Sam or whatever, but that never happened. No, and and I I was, you know, when Deb started getting sick, I was I was sad, yeah. and, and I and I hoped I hoped that uh, they would be able to save her because I liked her, and she was very pretty, and I wanted her to be okay. <laughs> <laughs> and she's smart and tough, and I liked yeah. her. But uh, he runs tests on her, you know, once the other two are already gone. And he goes over her, and she's strapped down to a table, and he says, I'm sorry, dear, but it's too late to save you. However, there's so much I can learn from you. Think of it, Debbie. You could be making 
major medical history. Future victims worldwide could owe their recoveries to you. Debbie, I envy you. Your life will really count for something. Since you are no longer of sound mind, Debbie, I have made the decision for you. He suddenly turns evil. Um, that was, I don't know. Right. Kind of out of left field. The, and so he's going to kill her, I guess, so he can experiment on her. And he's got uh, uh, what I assumed was this lethal injection that he sticks in her neck and injects her with. And then she breaks free and kills him. Fine. that That's fine. But this injection never has any effect. No. Like... So weird. Well, it's the I, I didn't. Un- they did the same thing to Duffy in the hospital. Remember the hospital scenes going crazy, swinging a baseball bat around, and a doctor runs out and sticks some injection in him, makes a big deal out of it, but then he runs away and like nothing happens. Uh, well, I mean, if that was just supposed to be a sedative that works on normal and people, doesn't I get work that. On them. But if we're if we're talking about you know, a huge vial of some something lethal. Right. But who knows? Yeah. Maybe the primal rage overcomes. Protects you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And so then Sam and Lauren are at this Halloween party and they are the only ones not in not costume. In <laughs> and okay, so what I will say about this party is it looks amazing and I want to go to yeah. it. And like I said before, there are uh, traditional costumes, but even the traditional costumes are good. Like, these people really went all out. And I went to college, so I remember that in college, we knew how to have a good time. Mm. And we went all out for this type of stuff, lots of us. Now, I hung out with a lot of theater kids, so... <laughs> they went all <laughs> out that to another too. degree, yeah. yeah. <laughs> True. Um, but it just looks super fun, and it's enormous. Like, it seems like at least half of campus must yes. be there. Hundreds and hundreds of they people. They did not skimp on this scene at all. No, and, and and there's a live band. The only thing that I'll say, and this is not a slam on this movie at all. This is movies in general. I have never been to a party where every single person is on the dance floor dancing for their life. <laughs> <laughs> but you'd like to. Uh, I would like to. The other thing, it's so it's funny to watch because if you watch, like these are clearly extras because nobody's really dancing with anybody in particular. Yeah. Like it's just whoever you happen to be. Oh, hello. I'll dance with you for a minute. Oh, turn around. Here's somebody new. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. This- that said... It's super high energy. It looks like super fun. And on top of those traditional costumes, there are some costumes that I don't know where they got I them. I know. Or if somebody on their team made them. They had them, to. But they are super unique and creative and interesting and really, really cool. Oh, I loved it. This is Halloween. All right. So this is where the Halloween bit comes in. Yeah. For sure. I was actually a little sad that they didn't have a little bit more Halloween sprinkled into the movie, if not even just decorations True. in the background or something. There's like one mention of it towards the beginning. There's a little poster in the back that says something about the Halloween dance. So at the same time, there's a full-on rock band and stage show going, and we get, it's basically all this is montage, and it's got, again, this great, awesome 80s song playing in its entirety through this entire sequence. 
these three goons who just before they donned their skeleton costumes were comparing their wounds and laughing about them uh, now have, like you said, it's like the Cobra Kai costumes, but they have awesome skull masks where the eyes light up. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was so this cool. This was super creepy and cool. I loved this part. Oh my gosh. Oh. It, it was so great. And it was so Halloween. And we've talked about this at Halloween before. Like, these guys, <laughs> once they get there, they just go nuts and start killing people in plain sight. Yes. But it's Halloween. Yeah. So people just think it's gags or whatever. And they're great and gags. I loved it. Oh, they're great. There's a guy This is so creative. Uh, there's a guy who's kind of dressed uh as as a as a dude who's hanging. Uh he's got like a noose around his neck that he's kind of perpetually holding up. So this guy grabs him and actually chucks it over like a basketball thing and pushes a button that pulls him up and the guy ends up hanging there. There's another person in a mask that it's like a Salvador Dali thing or whatever. It's like yeah. three heads uh, and out With of spouts coming out of the nose. Yeah, and he goes over and chokes that person as he's squeezing them or whatever. Blood is pouring out of all of those spouts, and it was cool. <laughs> I mean, it was again, very, very cool, very inconsistent because at this point, what they're doing seems a little more. It, deliberate and not like just rage they're kind of seeking people out through the party somebody bumps into them that's the dude they're killing or like it just looks like an opportunity so they kill this guy um you know so it was kind of that sort of deal uh well and, and it was the awesome. killing the killing of the people like i could almost believe that that could happen and people might not notice, especially since yeah. it's so loud and there's so much going on. But there's one point where one of the douchebags grabs a guy's hand and degloves him. And when I see it, say degloves <laughs> him, I mean degloves him of his skin. Yeah. That guy would freak the f out. <laughs> like yeah. there's that, there'd be no hiding that unless no. they killed him too, which I don't remember them killing him. Um meanwhile, Deb is also running around killing people. Mm -hmm. Not as many, but she kills a cop and uh, Oh, she, she kills I, a poor guy. There's a big guy who dresses up in like a girl, like a little girl's outfit, you know, like a baby, is, like a big fat New Year's baby or something. Yeah, and he walks by and he and he sees her, and of course she looks like hell, but it, in Halloween it just looks like great makeup. And he goes, "Hey, nice costume," and she lashes out at him and kills him. And I was like, "Oh, that poor guy. He's just." Being I know. Nice. I felt bad for him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like even as she attacks him, he was like, "I'm sorry" or something. Yeah, I don't <laughs> it was terrible. <laughs> yeah, it was too bad. Um, but anyway, as it it turns out, they're chasing these these bad guys. The skeleton guys are chasing Lauren and Sam all around. One of them gets to Sam, and Sam kills him somehow. Like, what was it? Some stick through the head somehow. That was a great. Yeah, memory. yeah. I don't remember exactly, like a a stick or a pipe or something through the head. So that's one down. Then oh, another one chases Sam, and he does the old mechanical bleachers trick. And I say the old mechanical bleachers trick, but maybe they did it first. I don't know. I just remember this from the faculty. Oh, really? I feel like that's yeah, yeah. They uh, Elijah Wood traps the alien at the end in the mechanical bleachers, oh. just like this. I didn't know that. Now you spoiled it for me. I haven't actually seen the faculty. <laughs> but when I saw this, I was like, oh, man, you know, when I was a kid and I was in high school, I always imagined this sort of thing happening. Because those bleachers are, 
it's it's just just such a fascinating thing. I don't know if they do this in other countries or whatnot, but you know, it's just the bleachers themselves kind of fold up so that you can use the whole gym during gym class. But if there's a game, right. then you push a button and the bleachers just sort of unfold. They just kind of stretch out um, to full extension, so they're now steps. And he just does that in reverse. He pushes the button. This guy's already under the bleachers. And before he can get out, it's closing in on him and finally crushes his head. I thought that was a great kill. It was so good. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Yeah. I had just seen it before. I'm huh. not, not to this movie's discredit because they did it first. Yeah. But I had seen it before. So then the last douche is after, and the last one is the, the main one, Love Joy or whatever his name is. Um, he's after her and, uh, she, hits him with a bat or something and it's a big chase with her hiding him finding blah 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 um at some point primal rage deb saves lauren from one of the guys but then that guy rips her to shreds and sam finds her body later i thought we were gonna get like a primal rage battle at that point they really missed an opportunity for these two people to go off on each other you know and it didn't they really did we just see the aftermath but then Lovejoy and Lauren end up in the locker room, and he finds her, and he grabs her, and he pulls her out of a locker, but Sam shows up just in the nick of time and cuts his head off with an axe. Um, and then, and, and so now, we believe that everybody with the primal rage is dead, so everything should be fine. It's the next morning, the cops are there, they're interviewing the kids, bodies are being brought out, and then... Lauren is moving out of her dorm room and Sam is helping. He's taking a box down to the car or whatever. Just as she's about to leave, she gets grabbed and they they take their time in showing us who it is. Like they intentionally only show <laughs> the arm grabbing her. So we're like, who is it? Um, but it turns out to be Etheridge, who we thought was dead, but apparently isn't. He's just got the primal rage. Um, and so Sam <laughs> fights with him. I like how and you ends keep up... saying this. <laughs> <laughs> he has the primal rage. Don't worry. And he, ends up, he ends up throwing him over a balcony, and his head lands right on a sprinkler, so that like the sprinkler is like shooting out of his mouth, which was uh-huh. fun. I enjoyed it. But I also was like, "Ooh, is this like setting up for a sequel? Like, will the primal rage get into the water supply?" Oh, then... I didn't even think. About that. <laughs> interesting. Interesting. That was hilarious. He's sitting there. It was there hilarious. It's like, it's shooting out of his mouth funny. at regular intervals. So funny. And Sam's like, let's get out of here. And so they jump into her Miata. I think it's a Miata. <laughs> Drive off to the theme song again. To so the theme, like, to the happy, fun, poppy theme song. Yes. Which was so very 80s. apropos of the yeah. 80s and... Uh, yeah, I mean, it, 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 I'm not as stoked about it as you are, but it definitely did have, uh, its fun elements. I, I really enjoyed the Halloween party. There were some creative kills. There were just so, uh, it wasn't silly enough to mm. be a, like, a comedy. A so bad it's good movie. You think so? Yeah, I, like, there were well, moments, like, when Duffy, or whatever his name was, when he was running around shrieking like a baboon, that was hilarious. Yeah. I wanted everybody with the primal rage to, to shriek be, like a baboon, mm, but they didn't. You're right. And that bothered me. Uh, I, don't I don't know. know. I liked watching these people act in all of their 
hilarious glory. Patrick Lowe, who was Sam Nash, I could I could have sworn he he has a face that looks like it would have been in like fifteen of these movies in the eighties. Yeah, and he's only been in like two or three. He was um the first victim of the Driller Killer in Slumber Party Massacre Two, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which we've done, and this movie, and like maybe one other thing, and that's it. I can't believe it. Why? He was I don't good. Know. He was a good. A- I mean, you know, he was fine, and he was handsome. Yeah, handsome, sm- smiling, pretty good actor. Kind of knew the role he was playing. Played it to the hilt. I thought it was cool. And of course, these bullies were silly. Like the dialogue between the bullies was so laugh out loud hilarious. But but yeah, then they turned that- into sadistic gang rapers and like yeah, that's so dark. That it's so dark. Listen, it, it may just be me. Anybody who listens to our podcast, this is no surprise. That makes me so very uncomfortable. It makes me yeah. sick to my stomach. Me too. And I, I, I just have a very, very low tolerance um, for that. So maybe other people wouldn't be as affected as I was. But it just – it really bothered me. And I'm super glad – that she fought back and got away, that's great. But just even the notion that these horrible men had done this before. Yeah, uh. and had the props. I, I think for you, it sort of sounds like that just sort of cast a dark cloud over the film for you. Or, or it's you know, it, that, it contributed to the unevenness that kind of made it hard to settle in and really enjoy it to mm-hmm. a huge degree. And. I don't know. I guess for no, it bothered the hell out of me. I thought, oh my god, this has come out of left field, and this is really uncomfortable. But I think I just kind of put it out of my mind after that. I, yeah. I remember, you know, when I was a kid watching Karate Kid, I thought it was the coolest movie. We used to watch it all the time. And then after not having seen it for a very long time, I went back to watch it as an adult, and I was actually quite shocked at how brutal the bullies are in that movie. Oh, they yeah. are mean, mean. And, and they are violent. And the fight scenes in that movie, when they're just beating, like they would, ki- they would have killed Daniel, you know, if Mr. Miyagi hadn't come in. They were just that brutal, and that surprised me. Even in the very beginning, Johnny is vi- vicious. He's yes. violent with Allie. That would never fly. No, today. It, it would be lighter. It would have to be lighter than that. Uh huh. And so this movie, like I said, like uh, that too. I feel like. Maybe in my mind, I kind of give it a pass because it it's I mean, not that that's a little a little over the top, even for this time. But things were just a little more like this back then. Like we weren't so sanitized. We weren't really worried about this sort of thing. And so movies did push things to the edge. They had characters that were kind of brutal and violent and very carbon copy and over the top. And so I, I guess I was just slipping back into that mode. And that's why I kind of like enjoyed it. But even still, that scene was above and beyond anything I'd ever seen, to be honest. So Right. But for the first part of the movie, I, I thought it was fine for a movie. And you had told me, you said it culminates in a Halloween scene. So I, I the whole time I was like, God, I hope this Halloween scene is good because <laughs> this doesn't really feel like, like that much of a Halloween movie. And it's going to be our last one. But it got to that Halloween party and I'm like, yep. Totally delivered. Yep. It's a Halloween movie. <laughs> 100% Halloween movie. Especially if you haven't seen it, watch it at yeah. Halloween. It's good. I mean, it's a it's a good 80s violent. You're right. I'm I'm a little surprised that it's not better known. I 
guess, not because it's great, because I don't think it's great, but it does have some moments that yeah. I'm surprised that I don't hear about or haven't heard about. And it's if you if you're a fan of of horror, and if you're a fan of eighties horror, which obviously we are, you should watch yeah. it. You should yeah. watch it. And it's so competently done. It's better than a handful of these movies that yeah. it's very it, much it's, like. It's, it's well yeah, made. It is well made. All right, well, thank you again for listening during this Halloween season. Hopefully we picked up a few more listeners during this time. If you enjoyed this podcast and the films that we're talking about this October, please send us out to a friend so they can share in the fun of the season with us. Recommend some films for us to do uh, as the year comes to a close and the new year arrives. Um, you just look us up online, Two Guys in a Chainsaw Podcast, and you'll find our social media channels and things out there. Just drop us a message and, uh, and give us some feedback. We really like to hear it. And once again, thanks to Jason for your request. Also, while we're talking about it, the happiest of Halloween seasons to all of you. I hope that you enjoy it. I hope you do something fun and get to spend some time with your friends or family. I'm Todd. <laughs> and I'm Craig. With two guys in a chainsaw. Say it all.